Welcome to Tangent, Pally's Arts and Culture Podcast. Tangent is brought to you by C Magazine and KPLY. I'm your host, Raj Sodi. Max Rosenblum is on the show today. He's a former jury member for San Francisco Film Festival, and his own films have been in film festivals. He's also been in film programs at NYU and USC. I'm very excited to have Max on the show today. He's talking to me about contemporary film classics. Max? I'll start us off. This is sort of a link to your... Uh your CMAG article about sort of four films that people need to watch. Right. I feel like whenever you like ask like, what's the best movie ever made, um, you get lots of varied answers. Some people say it's like Seven Samurai. Some people say it's like Pulp Fiction. Some people say it's like, I don't know, Infinity War? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really yeah. sure. Everyone has a different, and it's hard to know where to start, and it's hard to know what genre you like. Yeah, it is hard to know where to start. Like the way I got started in film really was, it was through Marvel actually, and I was watching these movies, I thought it was so cool, I was like, I'd like to make these someday. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I should probably sort of start to understand, and then sort of the different kinds of movies and try to have a variety. So actually, who I discovered first was um, was Edgar Wright. Oh, okay, um, Baby Driver? Yeah, well, it was actually Hot Fuzz was the first oh, one okay. I saw. Hot so I watched Hot Fuzz, and then I watched Baby Driver, and then I was reading kind of articles about it, I was like, oh, well, okay, he was heavily influenced by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. I was like, all right, then I should start checking him out. So I watched all of his movies, and then I was like, oh, well, he his whole thing really is that he's influenced by so many other different filmmakers. So I was like, okay, so you then I should go watch those. Yeah. The, yeah. And then the other one, like you mentioned, for me was uh, Kurosawa, so Seven Samurai, yeah. all of his things. Because really, you talk about like how everyone now is obsessed with Marvel and sort of the action-adventure blockbuster. Yes. Kurosawa basically invented that. So if you kind of want to see where that comes, like, first of all, Star Wars mm-hmm. is a beat-for-beat remake of The Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa. I see. And um, The Magnificent Seven is remake of Seven Samurai, which then also got adapted into Bug's Life by Pixar. So he's actually, he's super influential. When you watch his movies, you can kind of see where sort of a lot of the ideas that fuel the modern sort of blockbuster films really got started. Yeah. So like when you talk about like this craze for action adventure movies that he invented, you're talking about just plot structure in terms of like... Basically, yeah. Like, have you seen Seven Samurai? Well, the lowdown of it is basically that there is this great threat to this small village. An Avengers bandits. Yeah, well, these these bandits who are going to raid this okay. small village. And they have to assemble a team of different fighters with unique skills and personalities so, yeah, so literally to Avengers come together okay. and fight this swarm of bandits. Okay, so that's pretty much, yeah, that's every action. Yeah, movie. so it's in, in like, and uh, Yojimbo, which is about, like, a... Lo- like a and that's another Kurosawa. Though. Kurosawa, right. It's about this like retired samurai who comes to this village where these so two Logan. gangs are fighting and ends up basically pitting them against each other for his eventual gain and like participating in this gang war, right. which was uh, adapted beat for beat into Fistful of Dollars, which is a really famous Western yeah. movie. Um, so, so would you say that Kurosawa also invented like the plot structure of the Western? Pretty much, yeah. And sort of the aesthetic of it, too. Like the two... like. The two lone gunmen out in like the middle of the field. Oh, oh that's like, actually good point. Yeah. Staring each other down, like that was that's samurai, samurai with yeah. their swords, right, ready to. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that the western is the western interpretation of a samurai? Movie? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you think about it, like the lone the lone gunman who's like a gun for hire, yeah. right? Like roams the town. Of the, yeah, like that was a samurai. Pretty that was much. a samurai. Um, and samurai are like disrespected ninjas, right? Yeah. Like, what's no the, samurai. Oh. So no. So Ronin are disrespected samurai. Samurai are basically. Were basically, I think, I don't know too much about it, but basically, like in the Japanese feudal system, um, they were like hired as bodyguards, pretty okay, much, okay, yeah. um, for I like famous, for rich and famous people. Um, yeah. And then it's interesting too because um, 
yeah, like that was kind of came from Kurosawa. And so I sort of start to, like, you start to realize, like, sort of why the movies you like now work and where they came from. Right, like where they... So it, it could have gone so many different ways. Like, let's yeah. say Kurosawa, like, decided to not make samurai movies, but something right. else. And then pop culture would have gone... Right. Like it's, it's gotten to the point where um, Kurosawa's later movies, like in the 80s or whatnot, uh-huh. got these massive budgets from... Uh, they were all funded by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas yeah. and Francis Ford Coppola because they were basically... They, 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 just, they, they thought that they owed their careers to him because... Influence them so yeah. much. Wow. Right. And so, and I think it's interesting too, just sort of how you can trace filmmakers' influences. I think it's such a unique medium because of that. Because so many people are like, it's like music in a way where you're just so influenced by something and then you make something obviously owing to whoever your influences are. And then that sort of lists the cyclical nature right, yeah. for the viewer to perceive and go back as you did, like trace. Yeah through all the different influences. And then also, like, there's always new... Like, people will look at Star Wars and be like, yeah. I want to make something like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. And when I heard you wanted... You were doing something on sort of the, like, the movies that everyone should watch, kind of, to get into it. I started right. to, to kind of think about, like, what would those movies... Like, what is the criteria for that, right? Like, what like what should we be judging them based on? Like, should we be judging it based on, like, like influence, right? Like, mm-hmm. in like this movie... Without this movie, there wouldn't have been all these other movies... Should it be like current relevance? Right, should it right, be so. like um, should it be like like how unique it is? Right, like maybe like you want to have a variety of different styles so right. that people can kind of. Yeah. If they're looking to get into film, and you like, if you ask them to watch, like, how old is it? it is from the fifties. So okay, like so 70, like seventy years, right? Yeah. You ask someone to watch a seven-year-old movie, and their first reaction is going to be like, oh, if they think that that's all film is, just like looking back on the past. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's not obviously not what I wanted to give the impression of because there's good movies that are influential that people are talking about now. That's true. There's discourse about now. There's obviously more discourse about something like Moonlight. That's true, yeah. There's about, like, Seven Samurai. Even though maybe Seven Samurai is more influential, Moonlight is obviously more politically... More relevant. More more about what's now, yeah. More talked about. I think you really need to appreciate contemporary film before you can appreciate classic film. And contemporary is just, like, whatever's living artists right now. I think, yeah, I mean... Part of me agrees, and part of me is sort of like, okay, the reason movies, like, the reason we talk about old movies now, it's not that every movie that came out back then was bad, and I'd even argue that more good movies are coming out now than used to, just because of technology, right? Just because it's so easy to make a film now compared Mm -hmm. to what it used to be. That's true. Um, But I think that when you look at the films that are um, that are are from that long ago that are still talked about now, there must be something really special about them. Right, right. right? Because, like, because of the way that time like filters out. Right, because of the way art. that, like, yeah, we're still talking about this movie mm-hmm. and it's still, like, pretty much required viewing for every film school student, like, right. like, fi- like decades down the Afterwards. line. Right. right, so the story... I mean, obviously, if you're a film student, you're not just going to watch four movies. Right. You're going to yeah. watch a lot more yeah. than that, right? But so, it's sort of... To, your, your idea is just to sort of get into that yeah. world. The three that I picked were Pulp Fiction, American Beauty, and Moonlight. And the two she picked were Spirited Away and Juno. For sure. So I've never seen Juno, but... Um, it's, it's, it's a good movie. It's a very I, classic kind of coming-of-age type. Yes, I didn't, I didn't... I had never heard of the movie. And I, I mean, I think coming of age movies are super popular now. I don't know if they've always been. It's well, it's it, it is important seeing as it's one of the only coming of age movies to be like very like well like kind of well regarded by like critics. Like I think it was nominated for an Oscar. I think it won an Oscar for best. Yeah, movie. that that was what I was like. Okay, maybe this is a good. And I think in general, like coming of age movies are definitely looked down upon or definitely like kind of pandered to a, like a lowest common denominator yeah. in general. I 
like one of my favorite genres is coming of age. So I've watched a lot of really good ones, but I mm-hmm. think the ones that you generally see. Can you name some good ones. Yeah. So like uh, anything like Richard Linklater, right? Dazed and Confused. Um, is one other one that's really great. Um, recently, there's been a ton of great ones. Eighth Grade was yeah, great. What did you think of Eighth Grade? I loved it. Really? I loved it so much, yeah. I, I've i never... I don't know whether, like, it was... I think it was well-made, mm-hmm. but I think it for me, it was just really... It was so... Impactful. Yeah, it was just so specific to a lot of experiences that I, I and I think a lot of people that I've talked to have had that it just sort of made you feel so, like... It made you feel seen and also kind of called out, you know, when a movie makes yeah. you feel called out where it's like, shit, like, this character's an asshole and that's me, yeah. right? And so that's, like, that was kind of my experience with it where, it, like, I just so yeah. It just seemed so, it was just so much of me. Right. Bo Burnham, yeah. When he was in eighth grade, it had to have been completely different. Yeah, no, that's true. Which but was, I guess we get this feeling, like, because of technology, we're the first people to experience, like, we're the first people to experience, like, technology from birth. Yeah, right? well, so, we're the only times to, we're the only people who knows what it's like to be young now, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so many directors are so young. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson directed Boogie Nights when he was, like, 25. That's insane. Ridiculous. It's such a good movie. That movie is so, that movie is like a pool that you can just jump into, you know? Wow. Have you seen his other stuff? Um... I'm Punch Drunk Love is on my list, and I... What is his other movies? Like, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, The no. Master. No. Every single one of his movies, except for maybe Inherent Vice, I didn't love that one as much, is just so good. Like, he's What's probably my favorite director working. They're yeah. all a lot like Bookie Nights, with a really, in, like, really sort of... You really get into the psychology of these characters, and you really get to see them at, like, their emotional, like, lowest and highest points. And it's like... And his movies don't... Like, they don't all... Like, same thing with... Boogie Nights where, like, the, it doesn't quite kind of come together in a cohesive, like, beginning, middle, end story. But, like, yeah. emotionally, you kind of feel it. Yeah. Right? Like so it's more like an emotionally like, emotional yeah. experience, especially, like, the master. Like, really start, like, some points you're just like, what the f***? But, yeah. like, it's just so, like, you just kind of get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the the performances are just incredible. Like, he works with the best actors. He got a good performance out of Adam Sandler. Like, that man can do anything. Wow. Like, Punch Drunk Love, like, Adam Sandler's great in that. I'm like, damn. Is that his best role, you think? Oh, by far, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, but there's not much to compare it against, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam Sandler, it's a romance movie, or? Romance, drama? yeah. Okay. Kind of romance, drama type thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. Adam Sandler, that's crazy. I watched um, Pulp Fiction again last yeah. week. Pulp Fiction was the other one. Why yeah, one? I, uh, well, you have to watch Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes, you this have is true. To. This it's, is true. It's I not mean, actually my favorite Tarantino, but... You, I agree. Bastards I think I get bastards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, Pulp Fiction is just if you want to watch movies and say that you've at least tried, like it's one of the first. movies. Did you notice that it was a three-hour movie when you first watched it? Uh, no, because I did no not. Yeah. It's three hours long. I only just realized this. I looked up the runtime because I couldn't believe it. There's it's no three way. hours long. It feels like it's not long enough. It feels like it's like at least two and a, like two and a half hours, if not shorter. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just so like fast-paced. It's similar, I think, to. Magnolia, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh-huh. where Magnolia is three hours long, three hours like fifteen minutes. It's really long. Indian, um, I'm actually I'm I'm used to uh, long movies. Indian movies are like three oh hours. right, Bollywood, right, right, right? Yeah, Indian movies are huge. I mean, they have intermissions. Right. Like, yeah. Um, I am like I am so used to watching an Indian movie, and you feel like it's going to end, and it's like okay, it's almost like a different act structure. It's it's like the midpoint of an Indian movie is literally the sequel. Huh. They make two. Sometimes I mean, they make two like it's it's in crazy because you it's like the same it's literally a sequel where it's the same characters, you know, different predicament and they've grown since. Yeah, huh, interesting. It's like a time jump in yeah. like TV shows. In well, I movie. mean, I think that's 
kind of the way that uh, old, longer movies... Like, I saw Lawrence of Arabia in the theater recently. Yes. It was incredible, and it's structured similarly, where yeah. the intermission... Because the intermission, the physical time where you spend 15 minutes away from the movie and then come back, is, like, how... That's, like, the best way to bridge that gap is to have it be a time jump. Exactly. Right, like, um, like it's... it's Theater still has that, right? Like, yeah. plays will have intermissions. Intermissions. Yeah. And they will almost always use that opportunity to, to do a time jump. Break. And split the conflict. And Pulp Fiction, obviously, like, it's interesting because of the way it cuts up the three-act structure and sort of kind of spreads it all over the place, yeah. right? And it's like, right. when, like... And also, the dialogue is insane. Oh, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know when I watched the first time, but I went in the second time after reading some interviews about people saying, oh, it's like, a, like the most quotable dialogue of all time. And oh, it's yeah. true. I can quote every, like... I'm not, not like I can quote every single line of this movie as right. if I memorized it, yeah. but every single line in that movie is just like... Yeah, Ooh, like it's so sad. It's yeah, it's, it's nice, and it's like not like people talk, right? It, and I it, think it's no, of course not. It's not like people talk, but it's like it's, it's just so fun to listen it's to. It's not even yeah. It's not like it's there's no point. There's really make, only a bunch, a couple of big studios making. Yeah, yeah exactly, and it's like you you trend towards photorealism, and then it's like I don't want that. For I sure. want impressionistic stuff. I want, and it's just it's just, like that happens in literally every medium. Yeah, we were just talking about it with dialogue. Right, we were yeah. just talking about it with like. You know, painting and photography. Yeah. You know, it's just like, at a certain point, everything trends towards replicating life. Yeah. But that's not what people want. That's true. It's not fun to consume, like, life. It's yeah. fun to consume how you experience life, yeah. which is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. You experience life in impressionistic and emotional ways. You don't experience life through, like, video. Does that make yeah. sense? No, no yeah. You I just straight. Yeah. So, I, which is why something like Moonlight, where you even though it, you feel like you're watching somebody that's yeah. different than you're watching a video of somebody yeah i quote a lot but there's another quote from emily dickinson it's like for in storytelling tell the truth but tell it slant exactly right like you can't just tell people right like you can't just preach at people and there are a lot of movies that just cre- preach people. that's why i hated green book so much um <laughs> man oh uh, man god Oof. we can have a whole can podcast have about one, yeah. the oscars yeah. <laughs> even though people have talked about it so much already but i just yeah <laughs> um, okay well, I think that until next time. Until next time. Yeah. Have a great day, family. Tangent is brought to you by C Magazine and KPLY. I'm your host, Raj Sodi. Have a great day, Pally. Until next time. <laughs>